The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. And good morning. This is Jeff Shannon, and this is Sumner County Spotlight. Welcome to the show here this week. And we're going to be talking about, I guess, a very popular topic these days. And with all of the, the home situation going on with sales and lending and mortgages and all of this, I think it's a good time to jump into it because I'm telling you folks, it's a crazy time uh, right now. And I wanted to bring an expert in here and we had to bring in Jamie Abbott uh, right here in Hendersonville. She's uh, a loan officer. So, boy, that sounds very official. Does it? Yeah, it's very important, yeah. Yes, very important, very important. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, people have to have you if they want to proceed with the buying process so but and in look we've you know known you for a few years and i don't think i've ever seen you not smiling which is great <laughs> she got the greatest smile um but let everybody know what your you have a website i do okay I, what is that so i have a website that is www.jamierayabbott.com that's r-a-e r-a-e abbott yeah okay abbott, two b's and two t's mm-hmm. um Probably, like most people, you can Google. You can Google it, and it'll probably pop up. But yeah, yeah, come visit me there. So, tell us about you. What's your your background? How did do we get to where we are right now? I think a little bit of luck and a lot of love. How about that? Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, my name is Jamie, and I am here from Hendersonville. I have raised my girls here in Sumner County, who are 19 and 21, and they are thriving in large part because of this community, I think. and Because they have to thrive in the 37075. They sure do. Absolutely. They sure do. <laughs> I have been married to my husband for 23 years. He was in the Air Force for 10 years, and when we moved back here, which he grew up in Gallatin, I had met my lender, and she told me, she said, you need to get into this business. And I am telling you, that is where the luck comes in. Wow. Because once introduced to it, I loved it. Yeah. Well, I think you have to love what you do. Yes. And, and you, you do, it comes across that you really love what you do. You know, it is a unique industry. Well, maybe not unique. Why I have fallen in love with it is because I like numbers. Numbers are fun. But I really like people. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a really neat industry that it lets you really become and develop a relationship with the people that are you're fortunate enough to work with Mm -hmm. and along the way help with dissecting some of the numbers that are involved because people generally don't buy houses all the time so even if you've got experience in it you forget from first to second to third to fourth time sure well it's hard to believe that people aren't getting mortgages right now because you, you you can't buy a house i mean everybody's there's like 
20 people bidding on every single property. <laughs> you know, it is it is such a unique environment right now mm-hmm. and one that certainly we're not used to locally. I think we're becoming more used to it because Nashville and surrounding counties is growing so much. And I, I, I wanna say one of the number four places in the country that people want to move to. It's not a unique market for other areas, just new new to us. Mm-hmm. You know, with the ability to work from home and work from other, people were very interested in relocating to our great state. And, and we've seen that in all of surrounding Davidson County and, and continue throughout the state, really. Yeah. Well, you know, Hendersonville has a pretty famous history uh, right here with all of our musical icons and, and, and the history in music. Back in the, in the heyday, and that attracted a lot of people that wanted to come here. You know, the amount of tourists that were in this, this town any given day was incredible. But more so now, I think people, once they come here and they, they get that feeling, because Hendersonville and Gallatin and our area right here in Sumner County really has this homey feel and people just feel welcome here. I've heard it more than one time. Even as we have had friends visit us, first stop might be downtown, second stop here locally in Hendersonville and we'll hear more than one time over and over, I cannot believe how friendly everybody Mm -hmm. is. And and genuinely, it is very natural here. Very sincere compliments to you or manners being used and you forget until you go somewhere else maybe that maybe doesn't have that mm-hmm. that type of vibe how how wonderful it is how yeah. welcoming it is sure well and and you being the hugger that you are everybody <laughs> just feels welcome they get That's the right. jamie hug when they when you come into town <laughs> yeah i am a hugger i i and even throughout this this pandemic and everything it has been so hard for me to break that habit and i have not done a good job so well don't stop it i think everybody likes it just give me yeah. a hard stop and i'll yeah. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the, I guess, since you've been in the loan business, uh, mortgage business, for how long now? So I started in it about 12 years ago, and then I got back into it about six. In full disclosure, I stayed home with my girls for, for a period of time and enjoyed that. Kept my toe in it, but enjoyed that time with the girls. So, yeah. so what is the, I guess, one of the things that you have learned and have grown upon since the very beginning. So, you know, when you first started, you had a certain vision of what this process was going to be. And now, of course, you have so much more experience and expertise and everything. When you look back on it, what, what do you think the, the main thing that you've learned? That it's ever changing and it's going to change. And mm-hmm. that is something that draws interest. You know, the government has their hand on a lot of this and, and and for good reason. So they want to inspire growth and sometimes it's too much. I mean, we've seen the 08, 09 crash because lenders had too much <laughs> too much leniency, let's yeah. say. And what you're seeing is a balance, a balance act constantly of different products that are available, of uh, different guidelines that come up or change throughout. Um, as you can see, when there might be become a potential problem with the potential changes on down the line. I would say that it is ever evolving. If Mm -hmm. you have done it for any period of time, you know that you have to study it constantly. And then beyond that, recently, all of the impactors that are so much larger than just, oh, this is today's rate. Mm -hmm. What are the influencers of those rates? And now we have more things involved ever than ever before mm-hmm. because now we have politics involved in mm-hmm. it whereas 
traditionally four years ago or you could really really review the historical data and see what happens during inflation and see what happens during recession and see what happens during an election year well when we had president trump he put out a tweet and we'd see the market change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, so that's been fun, actually. That has been really fun. It's fun to try and what people far smarter than me are saying is going to happen with the industry and the market. And it, it's ever, ever evolving. Well, here, here's a question for you. Uh, what would you say was probably one of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now? So there, that's a two part. One is going to be the simple marketing that the banks have done is always a challenge because generally speaking, everybody initially is going to be hung up on interest rates. And when we've seen interest rates so historically low, especially for new buyers or maybe even second home and third home buyers, they're not used to seeing anything different. Mm -hmm. So that conversation is always a good conversation. The second is gonna be affordable housing. Affordable housing is really tough right now. And, and that's a problem that is across the country, I'm sure, and especially here locally, we are seeing local people um, not necessarily being able to purchase that have grown up here. We're seeing a lot of people come in from other states mm -hmm. that have had big sales on their end and come in with quite a bit of cash, they're used to paying much higher taxes. In the eyes of them, they are like, no matter how I look at this, this is a win from where I was. Mm -hmm. Where locally, when we've grown up here, and you might perhaps be talking to your dad or your grandfather and they're telling you that house is not worth that, the reality is now it is. Wow. <laughs> and, and so those yeah. those struggles. And I know affordable housing is something we've dealt with here locally a little bit, but even more so now. Just the jump from three years ago, I'd say, oh, man, it's going to be hard to find a house under 200000 in Hendersonville or in Gallatin. And mm. now I'm saying, gosh, it's hard to find something even three fifty to 400 The appreciation has been astronomical. Yeah. Well, the median house range has increased. You know, over the mm -hmm. last couple of years, I think at one point it was what three twenty-five, three fifty, and now it's got to be like million five. <laughs> That's what it seems like. I, I, well, crazy. <laughs> I, I think a factor to keep in mind too is it always depends on where you're looking. Mm -hmm. So I think if you break it down to just a specific city, um, you're going to see the the average is different across Sumner County. I, the average still falls around 350. That includes all the cities in Sumner mm -hmm. County. Um, so, in that that leads back into that question too about affordable housing. Is it that you can't afford housing, or you can't afford to live right where you want to live mm -hmm. when you want to live yeah. there? Well, and some people say, well, I you know I can't even afford to live in Hendersonville because the house pricing is you know you're, you're in the fives plus you know to get a decent house, <laughs> and then you still have to do work on it. Well, and, and and there's there's options around that, but in addition to that, the crazy thing, Jeff, is we're seeing rent continue to increase. That. So yeah. typically, when you weren't ready to buy, you could rent. But now we're seeing rent increase so substantially that now you really want to look back in that buy side. Yeah. It's like, how do people afford to even have a place to live anymore? That's crazy. The biggest advice I try to give everybody to allow them the best buying power is save, have some money. 
in this environment especially, and I am not a real estate agent, so I can only speak of the contracts that I see across my desk. You're not seeing the seller pay for a whole lot of closing costs. You're not seeing them pay for a whole lot of title. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing them give on price or they don't repairs. Have to. <laughs> because they just don't have to. Yeah. So in order to come in lucrative, you really have to be prepared to not only have a down payment, but also prepared to pay those other expenses that three years ago may have been split. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that negotiation factor is just, that's yeah, done. They don't have to just move on to the next one that won't have those contingencies and all of that involved. And it's frustrating, I have to say, because I'm going through it. <laughs> and, I, and let's talk about, let's talk about your experiences. But I will really quickly put in, I think it's why it's so important that you have a good agent. A good real estate agent is going to protect you mm-hmm. legally. Mm-hmm. And and I know that oftentimes, maybe amongst family members, that's not necessarily needed. But in general, there are so many things going on with the desperate want to purchase a house. You don't want to lose sight of the protection that you get legally right. with that binding contract. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, once that's there. <laughs> right. And if you don't understand it or if it doesn't make sense, you might be coming to closing with a whole lot more money than you right. anticipated. Speaking of closing, it just cued me. So in in the situation where a person is buying a home and they agree on an initial price, then they go to close, that price is going to be different, right? So if you're looking 45, 30, 45 days, could it change that drastically? But by the time you, you know, they sign the thing, okay, we agreed to take your bid. Then you go to closing and you find out, whoa, where'd all that money come in? So I think what you might be referring to is if you are making an offer above appraised value. Okay. So for example, if you were buying a house and it was a $100,000 home for simplicity, uh, you offered a hundred and the appraisal came in at 90 and the seller said, no, I'm not going to pay the difference. That's where you would come in with more money because you would have to pay the difference between what the house is worth and what you offered Mm -hmm. because no lender is going to give you more than the house is worth. Sure. Um, Now that goes back to that contract because that's where written correctly, there can be some protection there. Mm -hmm. You know, we will pay up to a hundred thousand dollars and we will pay up to $5,000 over appraised value. These are the, these are the words that I'm seeing across Mm -hmm. my desk where there's some, okay, we're going to offer a little bit more because we want to be competitive, but we're not also going to have to come out of pocket ten thousand, twenty thousand, forty thousand dollars. Yeah, it gets scary. <laughs> it, and it, if you're if you're new, a first time buyer, I mean that's it's got to be overwhelming. And if you're new to this market, yeah, totally. It, you know, when we when we come back on the other side, I, I'd like to go over a lot of like tips that you would recommend. Let's let's you know maybe throw some you know must haves things that you have to do this is your advice on on telling people I love telling people what to do All right let's, <laughs> let's talk about it What okay let's go to break and we'll be we'll, Thank you Jamie we'll be right back after these words FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights since 1906 FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class products and services Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com and we're back with more Sumner County Spotlight. 
I'm your host, Jeff Shannon, here on this uh, Sunday morning. And I want to remind you that the the podcast will be up on Mondays. We'll drop that a little after 8 o'clock, and it'll be up on our podcast page at whinradio.com. You can just listen to that thing forever. And you definitely want to hear Jamie because all of the information that we're talking about today and we're talking mortgages, the crazy things going on with loans and and residential loans and things. But uh, Jamie, let's uh, kick off. Tell everybody your website again once more. JamieRayAbbott.com. You can call my office, 615-425-3775. And and just with questions because that's what we're here for. We're here to be a resource. How complicated this, this process is. It might be overwhelming to a lot of people, especially first time buyers. Let's start and kind of walk them through the the step-by-step process. And then, of course, any tips that you can throw in there that make this thing a lot easier for them to understand would be helpful, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I would love to. And as I'm talking, Jeff, if you think of questions, give me the timeout sign and say, what about this? Okay. Absolutely. It's going to help me to maybe answer things that I don't think about. Okay. Now, I would say initially, when you are thinking about buying, you have to think about a couple of things. Is one, where do you want to live? How much money do you have saved? And have you done a good job establishing your credit? Those are going to be three strong factors in what your ability to do purchase is and how quickly you can get it done. I would always, always, always say start with a good real estate agent or lender. Either one. Start with either one of them because you really want to work with somebody that you trust. You want to work with somebody that you can contact. You want to work with somebody that's going to carry that emotion for you because there are so many things that will happen and transpire during the transaction. So start there. And, and do some due diligence with that because especially in this market, you're going to want to know that your real estate agent and your lender are telling you and being transparent with really what to expect. The uniqueness again is we are not used to this market. Mm-hmm. So whichever one you start with, the next thing you are going to want to do is you are going to want to get pre-qualified because you are going to want to know how much of a home you can afford and what is your comfort zone in mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. Because keep in mind, not only are you going to have a mortgage payment, you're going to have your homeowner's insurance payment, you're going to have your property taxes, and if you move into a development with HOA, you're going to incur those costs as well. Mm-hmm. So what a lender and somebody like me will do is they are going to look at how much money you earn versus how much money you're already responsible to pay and then plug in the numbers to see, hey, what product can I put them in that is going to be the most cost efficient to get done what they want to have done? And when I say product, I mean, there are all kinds of different loans and they don't follow the same rules. Just because you are pre-qualified with a uh, FHA loan for say 500,000 does not mean that you are going to qualify for a conventional loan for five. So know that a good lender is going to run you through those different options and opportunities. But you're going to want to start there because you may be surprised with one of two things. One, you can afford a lot more than you wanted and you feel comfortable with the payment. Or two, you may have some income that might not be able to be used. For example, 
if you are self-employed. A lot, your income is going to be based off of what you claim on your taxes. And we know where that what happens with that. <laughs> and there is no foul in that. I say that with no judgment, but a lot of times people don't realize, even if they are paid by 1099, that that is considered self-employment. Mm-hmm. And you need to show it to your history. And then, like I said, the government has their hand on this in this business. So they have said, uh, yeah, you can buy a house. Uh, you can buy a house based on how much you're paying us in taxes. Wow. And it gets it gets harder mm-hmm. for self-employed, which is unfortunate. Now, there are ways that you work through that, but those guidelines are in place. So for somebody that is new to self-employment, may, they may not realize that. Mm-hmm. If you're in commission, you need to show a two-year history to use your commission pay. Right. You may make tw- you may make $100,000 a year, but 80000 of it is in commission, and you've only done it for four months. You're not going to be able to use that. Mm-hmm. You're only wow. going to be able to use your base yeah. salary. What other kinds of income are, are not qualified? They, they all qualify. They just play by different rules. Okay. Um, but those are, your 1099 is a big one. Your commission base, you just have to show a history. Self-employment, you have to show a history. They'll qualify, but they don't qualify. You may make $200,000 on your Schedule C as your gross revenue, but then you go down to your line item of your net income and it's showing 28000 you're mm. going to get credit for 28. Right. Now you can add some stuff back in there, but to not get into the complications of calculating it. Right. Are there things like like a certain period of time where a, a money that's coming in cannot be used in the case of, let's say, I don't know, alimony or child support or uh, subsidies from the government for an adoption kind of situation where if it's three months, they can't use it? That's a great question. And here's the thing. If it's anything that's government funded, you can use it right away because the government pays. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's alimony or child support, you have to show a six-month receipt because unfortunately, even though somebody may be required by a child parenting plan to pay child support, they may not pay it. But if it's getting ready to expire, let's say in the next you know, few months or a year, they won't necessarily use that income because it's not a, a permanent kind of situation. You have to prove a three-year continuance. Okay, all right. That's right. That's exactly right. So if you have child support good through age 18 and your child is 16, you can't use that as income. Wow. So, That's crazy. <laughs> well, it is. And that yeah. is why it's so important to talk to someone because you may feel like you're going to be just fine. And in reality, you will probably be just fine. But if you are not fine by the mm-hmm. standards that are put in place by the government, then you're going to run into roadblocks that are right. going to be unexpected. Yeah. Because you got to, and that's why you go to somebody like you because you can advise them on that. That that's, you know, you, you got that coming in, but we can't use that right. to pre qualify you or as, you know, what your income is going to be because it's going to change your. Real soon. You know, the other thing to keep in mind is cash. You know, cash is king. That's mm-hmm. what our grandparents yeah. used to say. Cash is not king when you are trying to move it from under your mattress into your checking account to use for your down payment. Where did it come from? <laughs> Where did it that's, come that's from? That's what they're going to ask for, right? That's right. You have to source large deposits. But unexpected. you would think that would be a positive. I got this extra money. Yeah, but where did it come but from? where did it come from? <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I, I'm always happy to explain it because I know how frustrating it can be. But it is mostly to avoid laundering. Mm-hmm. Laundering money and um, terrorism acts. It's right. really why it's in place. So it's not every deposit that you make, but your large ones. So even 
even to the point where if, if you sell a car, I say just make sure you take a picture of the title. We just right. all you have to do is source it. It's not that big of a deal. It's sure. not that hard. Just sometimes hurts people's feelings because it is nothing to do with whether you trust what they're telling you. It has to do that we have to have it in the file right. to prove it so that Fannie Mae Ready Mac will purchase it. So you're you're going through the pre qualification process. You've got approval for a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just say you know five hundred. So like yeah, okay, you're approved. We got you approved for five hundred. You find a house that is you know going for you know less than that. So let's say four seventy five, four eighty five, whatever the case is. That would allow. At least they would know. Say, okay, well, I have, I can offer more on this property up like to five hundred because I'm pre-qualified for that, knowing that maybe it won't appraise for that amount. So then I'll end up paying less than five hundred. In past, I would say that would be accurate. In this environment, I would say that you might end up stumbling and get into a little trouble. On the contract, um, there is place that says this contract is based off, appraised value has to be there. Mm -hmm. And it's designed to protect the buyer. The problem with the current market is people are going above appraised value. And here's the thing, which Jeff, you bring up a good point. Just because you're qualified for 500,000, does not mean the bank is going to give you five hundred thousand oh, okay. if the house only appraises for four seventy five. You got to make up the difference. You have to make yeah. up the difference yeah. because think of it as if it was your investment. The bank is not going to pay twenty five thousand dollars more than the property is worth. Mm-hmm. You can individually if you choose, but they are not going to. So one of the tricks is you when you put in an offer, then you have to do, okay, we'll pay X amount of dollars over the appraised value if it doesn't appraise for the, the amount that I'm offering. And your agent is going to really help you with that. Okay. That is why it is so important to understand how, one, how the contract's being written, but two, the environment. Because your agent is going to know the comps and they're going to say, okay, here's the risk. Here's where I believe the comps will come in. Here is how I can validate this price point if you want to go i think we're going to be fine there if you want to take it five thousand over that is why that agent is so crucial that it is their responsibility to know both the environment to know the legality of the contract and to know how to get it so the offer is accepted and it's tricky and i mean i work with great agents wonderful agents and and there is a common thread where you are putting multiple offers in or like you said you might still make it you still might make it um, contingent on the inspection which is different than the appraisal mm-hmm. because you might find that there might it may be a beautiful home but has a foundation problem so it, and I can't say it enough that is why your agent is really so important because they're going to help you understand that contract and exactly what you're offering so that the fear and the un- there won't be any unexpected right. surprises. Now, do you also consult with the realtor? So your client's realtor, so they can call yes. you and say, look, here, here's what's going on. So, In a perfect world, whether you are a lender or a realtor, you want that relationship to be really good because ideally it is our responsibility to take care of the person that's buying the home. We do not want you to have any stress. We don't want you to carry any stress. We want to do that. There's all kinds of things that go on in the lending process that you generally don't know about. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people that are touching that file. You have, you've got your agent, you have the seller's agent, you have the seller's family, you have your family, you have the title company that's going to check the property to make sure there's no liens. 
oftentimes you have an inspector, you have an appraiser, you have your <laughs> lender, and all these people are working on this file. We yeah. always laugh because we say, you can buy an $80,000 car in four hours, but you cannot buy an $80,000 <laughs> condo in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wow! It'll take you yeah. 30 days. <laughs> so after you got pre-qualified, you get an agreement, they accept your offer, you're gonna go, what, what comes next? The next thing is the agent usually sends the contract to the lender, then the lender is gonna disclose it. And those conversations are gonna be the ones about the money. Okay, now what about, uh, what's this, the process? And I, I see different things. So we can close in 20 days. Oh, we can close in 30, or it's a standard 45 day closing. I have never had a 45 day closing. Like we have always stayed between 21 and 30 days. Mm-hmm. I think it depends a lot on the company. Even in the height of the refinance, mm-hmm. We were still closing loans. But if you already have all the information on the on the buyer's file and then you've gone through it as everything's been approved, what would make the process go that long? I've always wondered that. I'd, what are they doing back there? Just sign the paper and give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know what? That's a fair question. And here's, here's where the checks and balances come in. Even though I get a contract, I'm going to disclose it right away and I'm going to order the appraisal right away. Right now, appraisals are taking three weeks to get back wow. because they're busy. Mm. And so right there, you have got a delay, not a delay, but there is a timeline there. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition, you're going to go to the IRS and you're going to request tax transcripts to make sure the tax returns that you have are correct and not fraudulent. And they're not fast. You do data verify, (laughs) which is something to make sure that you don't own any property that we don't know about. And... In addition, you've got a timeline with the people because this is still a people business. Mm-hmm. Like there is still a lender that looks at everything and an underwriter that looks at everything. And then you got COVID. And then, <laughs> well, I mean, in, for us, that didn't have such a huge impact on stopping things outside of appraisers being able to get into okay. homes yeah. for obvious reasons. And they, and, and the government as a whole really worked around that to the best that they could. The point is there's all kinds of things that go on. And, and in addition, we all, all of us lenders have to follow the same guidelines. So you have to make sure that you've got everything in that file that says you did your due diligence not to you are not creating mortgage fraud. Everything yeah. is there and it's accurate. And, and just because you say doesn't mean it's true. It has to be in the format where you right. can visualize it. Yeah. Um, you get child support. Okay, I get six months child support. Here's my parenting plan. Yes, thank you for your parenting plan, but can you show me the last six months that you actually have received it? Not mm. because I don't believe right. you, because it's required. I promise you nobody asks for anything that they don't have to have. <laughs> well, and you know, we're, we're just about out of time here, but there's just so much to cover. Like some of the things you don't do going into a closing, don't go buy a car, don't, go, yeah. don't be opening credit and spending all this money or even getting a lot of money. If you get a loan from your family, tell them just to hold off till it's over, right? Right. Well, in, in most everything you can validate, you're not really gonna do anything that's gonna stop the process. It might just be cumbersome for you. So you get a gift from your family and you're, you're, we see it in the account, we're gonna say, where'd that money come from? <laughs> and then we're gonna say, oh, okay, well, we need a letter from your mom or a bank statement. And it, it just becomes, there's really not things that are hard stops. There are things that hurt people's feelings because 
yeah. they feel as though you don't trust them, which yeah. is not the case ever. Right. We've been talking with Jamie Abbott, a loan officer, and she is <laughs> the fancy. expert when it comes to, to mortgages and such. So I advise you to get in touch with her. JamieRayAbbott.com. R-A-E is the spelling of Ray there in her middle name. Thank you so much for coming here. We can just go on and on. I and this is such a lengthy process. It. I have loved it. And I wish we had more time because I think there's so much to it that if people understood it wouldn't be so daunting yeah. or feel so yeah. scary. Just let you guys handle it. So Yeah, yeah. just let us do it. That's our job. Well, That's we appreciate it. Well, thanks about. thanks for coming in here. We're going to probably have to do this again because there's just so much more to talk about. So thanks for coming in. And uh, that's going to wrap up this segment of Sumner County Spotlight. And we've been talking with Jamie Ray Abbott. And we'll be right back with more right here on Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. All right. We're back here on Sunday morning with Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon. And, you know, we've uh, been talking mortgages. We're talking, you know, home sales and buying and all of this. One of the important things that I think everybody has heard about is home inspections and how important that is. So I um, had a chance to meet uh, Gary Fisher and you're brand new to the Hendersonville Chamber of Commerce. So we, we welcome you to that and welcome to our area. But you are a licensed home inspector. Let's, I guess, tell everybody, introduce yourself, how you got here, what brought you here, and actually what is a home inspector? Uh, Gary Fisher, we live in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Uh, we opened For You Home Inspection after 22 years with my company. I was let go after during the pandemic. My department was eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I had time to think about what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. what I was interested in. So I worked in homes for 20 years, Okay, you know, with Comcast. So I always liked dealing with the public and helping people. So that's what geared me towards the home inspection was to be able to help people find the things that they needed to find. Mm-hmm. What brought us to Hendersonville was our oldest daughter. She's a singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. And they made the trek down here many years. It was at the time of her career where it was time to move, so we all jumped ship, and here we are in Hendersonville. What is her name? Because I've I've heard her. Abby L. A B I E L. Okay, look for great things going to happen. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> She's released three songs in November of this year. Well, this is the uh, the place to do it. Yes, I will absolutely. say that. Absolutely. So, well, good. We're gonna we're gonna see more of Abby, so we'll we'll look forward to her. So, as home inspections, you know, with everything going on with all of the home sales as they are, which is insane, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you keep up with it. Uh, what would be, first of all, the importance of a home inspection? Why would you have a home inspection? And give us some tips on getting a home inspection. First thing is, you, I would recommend nobody ever skipping their home inspection, regardless of what you think, how old the house is, new, used, whatever the case. Yep, yeah, regardless. You, you should have it done because you don't know what happened. As soon as they put that drywall up, <laughs> nobody knows what's behind there. Yeah. Um, in a home inspection, you really can't see a whole lot behind the wall either, but you can find things, that tendencies that they did to cover things up. Yeah. Well, you have a, a, a little tool, the thermal I gun. Do. I have a thermal, <laughs> thermal imaging camera, which That's is incredible. really nice, yeah. especially for heating and air loss. It'll show any anything that you're where you're losing it. Mm-hmm. It'll show up on the camera. Right. It's impressive. So how how would somebody uh, first of all how would they find you? Let's, let's start off with that, and then we're going to walk to the, some of the steps. Uh, uh, we have a it. website, and you can find it on Google. It's on there also. So it's for the number four, 
you, the letter U, homeinspection.net. Correct. Okay. And so if they go there, they're going to find out about the whole process. You can schedule an inspection. They can call you if they have questions. What would uh, be the, the step? So, okay, I'm getting ready to look at this house. Would you necessarily do a home inspection prior to them purchasing it? I mean, some people do that. Some people do. I actually just had a client reach out and ask me to do that. She okay. just want to know what was wrong before so that way she had an idea if it was major she could have it fixed okay. prior that way it's showing the the buyer that they're serious they want to get rid of the home okay so the seller did that yes oh interesting yes. well that's <laughs> yep. that that's and that, that's pretty good effort most buyers are still going to have their inspector anyway just right. in case but right that way the seller knew of everything that could be fixed before it was done she didn't have to worry about it mm-hmm. so they would call you and they'd say um, hey gary i'm looking at this property here we engage services you do all the preliminaries and you know everything else we find out we schedule the date and when you walk into the property what are the some of the things that you're you're going to do straight off the first thing that i do i always check the outside first okay i do everything i can on the outside that way if it's rainy or muddy and you're not trekking anything into the home mm-hmm. Um, and then you just usually start from the ground floor and work your way up. So what are the, some of the things you're looking for out there? Handyman work is a big one. Electric, you know, nobody, you don't want to have anybody that's not licensed mm-hmm. do any electrical work in your home. And of or course plumbing. you have the DIYs. Right. Do it. A, yeah, I guess yeah. that's right. And, and yeah. <laughs> a lot of that is sometimes is good, okay. but you have to at least acknowledge <clears throat> that it wasn't done by a certified electrician. Okay. <clears throat> So yeah, things like that. Foundation problems is major. You want to find you know, any cracks. See people trying to cover that up too with paint. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You can see it. Yeah. So uh, I guess you would have a, a report that you would do mm-hmm. every step of the way. So you're going to get a detailed report of everything that you've indicated. Yes, every room is detailed. Pictures program that I have allows you to edit it so that you can have arrows pointing to what it is. So the average homeowner, when you're looking at a picture of a room, you're not sure where that is. So mm-hmm. this way you can at least show with an arrow or a circle to point out what the problem is. Now you're not necessarily looking for cosmetic things. There's gonna be paint nicks and you know yes. things of that nature or uh, decorating problems. You're looking for structural kinds of Absolutely. things. Absolutely, anything yep. major. You know, the electrical holes and walls are, you're, when you're buying a home and you're moving in, you see the pictures on the wall. When they leave, those holes are still there. <laughs> They're not gonna right. fix those holes. So. Yeah. That's do have some customers that ask me to find the cosmetic stuff, but it's not part of an inspection. Right, right. It has nothing to do with the sale of the house. So while you're outside and how you do this, I don't know, but how do you get up on some of these roofs? <laughs> these pitches are yeah. insane. Some I mean, of them are tough, but you have to be careful because there's rules and regulations on climbing roofs. Really? Yeah, you have to be certain. There's certain safety procedures that have to okay. be done. Pitches are different. I use a ladder. I try to get on every single roof. I mean, some of them, there's just no way. What are some of the things you're looking for on, on the roof? Uh, shingles, pop nails, loose vents. Right. The p- plumbing vent pipes not being tall enough. You know, we don't get a whole lot of snow here, but they should be at least six wow, inches. Wow, I did not know the, that. Yeah. I guess roof, the, yeah. you, you got to have that. Because I, and I, I just learned recently, I guess, that there is a, a standard. And I guess, the, I don't know if the codes, the city inspectors go over that kind of thing, but where their nail guns are not necessarily, they're at the wrong pressure. So either they don't go in far enough or they go in too far because mm-hmm. you don't want to puncture that, that shingle because that just right. ruins it. Right. And a lot of times you do see that with the too much pressure is it goes through the paper. And once yeah. it goes through that paper, now you got a leak. Right. You're going to have problems. Mm-hmm. 
So what I, I would, and of course you can't tear up the roof to look what damage is done underneath, but you can go in underneath, which is a whole nother beast right there. Trying to, yes. I don't know how you do it, but how you navigate in those attic situations. Yeah, the, the roof is a, a big stickler for me because if I can't, definitely if I can't see the outside, if I can't get up on top and walk, I'm getting in that attic and walking it. Mm-hmm. If there's a floor or not, you got to get in there and see where the vents are, make sure they're not leaking in each vent. And if you do see moisture staining, you can test it with a moisture meter. Okay know if it's active or if it was prior and fixed so what would a moisture uh, meter indicate any moisture, moisture in that, yeah, any moisture <laughs> of course. At all. and it gives levels of it okay because all wood you, you know drywall is going to have a tiny bit uh-huh. you know, just from condensation in the home and but this could be stuff that you don't necessarily see with with your eyes not yeah i mean you might get an indication of it but if you put the gun on it and it goes whoa yes it, it's worse than we thought big in bathrooms you know around f- shower fixtures mm-hmm. you can't see behind that but you can you know, if the drywall looks a little suspicious you put that moisture meter on there and it, it goes off do you have any roof nightmares you've run into <laughs> roof nightmares uh, the Worst I've had is a, a fire. There was a fire in the attic, okay. and the homeowner was not going to have an inspection. They, it, I talked to them before I got there, and they were really leaning towards not because they were worried about losing the cell of the house, which is absolutely insane. But mm-hmm. yeah, the attic access was sealed. It was caulked. Mm-hmm. Which so, should not be. <laughs> right. So right away, that kind of threw up a, a red flag. So I did use a razor knife and get in there and the whole attic, not the whole attic, I'm sorry, there was an addition put on. So that really, you could see the char from the fire and the two wow. by fours. The two by fours were actually like, almost like a styrofoam. Why would they not, why yeah. would they allow that? I mean, that, that compromises the whole house Absolutely. and your 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 family's life. Right. I mean, that's crazy. Yep. And it, there, there's, I don't know the real estate end of that, like who has to, somebody has to disclose. The, Absolutely. There's ways, like if it was before a, that seller and they didn't know about it, mm-hmm. you know, there's, that's true. Yeah, there's different, right. and I don't know that. End yeah, of it, but that was the worst one I've seen. Those two by fours were actually. I mean, you've picked up a piece of firewood like that's burnt, mm-hmm. and you it just can, crumbles. It like yeah, it has that yeah. texture of like pushing that styrofoam you stick flowers in yeah you know that, oh, that, yeah wow. that's what it was like that yeah. is crazy but a, i mean i've heard some nightmares where you know ridge vents weren't put on right they mm-hmm. ran out of shingles so they used something else and then you got these gaps in there and then when they're putting the the, the i think we talked about it the, the other day but it's like you know the guys come in on in the inside of the roof and put put a, a vent that's nailed to the roof and it's a big square metal thing with the the tube that's supposed to go outside well then the guys on the outside come in and they nail down into it which pushes the vent out of the then you got an exposed vent everything's blowing in the attic right you that's see crazy. A, you see a lot of uh, tarring on asphalt roofs, and that's a big no-no. You can't tar. So you don't put tar on it. You really? Can't put tar on an asphalt roof? No. It's wow. Not seal. Is that right? It, you're putting it on a. It's going to crumble like shingles. You know, all that wears off over time, mm-hmm. and you need a new roof. Mm-hmm. So you put tar on that. It's just going to crumble. Yeah. Well, I guess having the the right eye for this thing is is very important because most of us wouldn't. We would miss so many things, you know, flashings. It, where is it required? When is it not? Are you having, you know, water leaking in the wrong place? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had looked at a property and there was a a, a back door, just a, a single door, led out to the the deck. Up in the in the top of the door, it was all black, so it looked mm-hmm. like mold. Mm-hmm. You know, it looked like it had been you know worn from the door doing it. And I went and looked upside. Well, the the gutter ended right there against the house, but that's just the the ending or starting of the gutter. So it was leaking and it kept dripping 
dripping right down there, and it kept going on that Behind door it. frame. So I said, mm, red flag right yeah. there. Those are things that a home inspection will find. Yeah. The the one of the bigger things that you gotta that I've noticed in Tennessee, coming from Pennsylvania, they didn't have crawl spaces. We mm. all had full basements. Okay. So the mold in the basement or the crawl spaces is can be an issue so mm, i would imagine yeah well i guess they have you know techniques they go in there and they put vinyl tarps down yep. in there to see but even then you're still going to have you can have issues yes that's a, a vapor barrier okay but they the older homes a piece of plastic on the ground is not a yeah. vapor barrier yeah well that just drives home the the total importance of getting that home inspection and there's there's so much involved in this is as i'm learning and i appreciate your advice uh, on all of this but there are there's so many things to look for and that's why you need somebody who knows what they're doing because they're going to find that stuff and that that could save you a lot of money or make you help you to, to not make the wrong decisions when you're you're in the home buying process. What about new construction? What's involved with that? I mean, we should still have a home inspection for that. Yes, and I would recommend if you're going to have the home inspection during the construction stage, it's going to be two parts: one before the drywall, and then once you're ready to move in, because okay. that way, then all the fixtures are done, water's running. Prior to that going up, none of that stuff is functional. So, so it's important that that be done, and I think it's peace of mind. I mean, it's just good to know that, okay, I know, you know, once the rain comes, I'm not going to be flooded in here and having all this this issue going on, or the, the pipes are not connected properly, <laughs> the vents are not unplugged, you know, the caps on the roof and things like that could cause problems as well. So. And the, the radon at that point would be a great time to do it because if they're not piping it for radon and you do have high levels, mm-hmm. now you got a pipe that you got to put in after construction. Really? Okay. To mitigate. So, on the next segment, and we're going to go into our, our next segment here in a minute, but uh, I want to talk about radon because I think most people really do not have any idea, first of all, what it is, how it can affect you, what the process is of, of getting something like that tested and things put in place that can prevent that from getting into the family. Because it can be dangerous, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Radon is, that's another one of my big points. And I know we've talked about this before, but my when my twins were born, they were born premature and I knew nothing about radon mm-hmm. at that point. And the social worker told us, you know, have you had your home tested for radon? Right. We did not. So we did have it tested and it was like five times higher than Whoa. what it should have been. Wow. That's crazy. So then I started learning about it and then years later, not knowing I would become a home inspector, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that how important it is, but it's, it's decaying radium in the earth that just comes up and right. it has no rhyme or reason the way it just, it's going to flow yeah, wow. that you, you could have one neighbor have it and the next house could be perfectly that's crazy fine. hey on the other, let's take a break right now but on this i want to continue talking about it because i think it's so important that people know about this because it's it's very important so we'll be right back we're talking to gary fisher and he is a licensed home inspector at for you home inspection located right here in hendersonville so we'll be right back with more of sumner county spotlight fnm bank presents sumner county spotlights since 1906 fnm bank has been serving middle tennessee with first class products and services visit them today at 221 indian lake boulevard in Andersonville or myfmbag.com. Okay, welcome back this Sunday morning to Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon, and we're going to continue our interesting conversation. Uh, uh, Gary Fisher, now he's a licensed home inspector, and I thought it would be important, especially at these times when the, the home market is just going through the roof, and it's just insanity out there, and people are negotiating, and, you know... It, 
and they're foregoing home inspections be, because it could be a contingency. I've uh, mm-hmm. been guilty of that, I gotta tell you, but um, since I, I met you and learned this, that, that's not gonna happen anymore. <laughs> but he's, uh, Gary's with uh, For You Home Inspection, and I think it's important that we continue our talk on radon because radon, I had no idea. So let's tell everybody what it is and just you know fill them in and let's educate everybody on radon. Radon is just decaying radium in the earth. It just makes its way up through openings, ports, open spots and get to through mm-hmm. your home. It'll come up through your basement mm-hmm. and just set. There's nothing. You, you can't smell it. You can't taste it. You have no idea it's there. It's why they call it the silent killer, because you have no idea. So if somebody is experiencing like weird things with their body, they're sick, they're feeling differently, something like that, and they can't identify what it is, be a good good time to check that. Absolutely. Anything with your breathing should be. I've had customers that said after testing high levels, found out that, you know, years ago they had lung cancer Mm -hmm. and this was a cause, probably the cause of their problem could be Mm -hmm. and you said something earlier that you can actually test a home and then two doors down test another one one test positive and the other one doesn't yes that's crazy i i actually did my home and Uh i tested my neighbors just as a courtesy to test it Uh mine was at 0.3 picocuries and my neighbor was at 74 whoa so you're talking 15 (laughs) feet away 20 feet maybe Wow. There was that much higher. Did they have any history of cancer? Or any, did the they, husband has spots on his lungs, and they just found this out. Wow. But now they, they got the test. We tested it. They got it mitigated, and now they're down to zero. Right. And the mitigation does work. Okay. Does so work. let's walk through the process. So you come in for an inspection. You're doing your home inspection. As part of that, uh, how would you conduct a radon test? The radon test is done with a machine. Okay. It's set for 48 hours. Pulls every hour. It pulls okay. air and tests the air, right. and it gives it a test each hour, and then it gives an average at the end. So wow. at the forty-eighth hour, it gives me the report, and I can give it to the customer. So what would make you say, okay, I got the report, you're okay? What would be okay? The, e, uh, the EPA, anything over 0. 0.4 okay, should be mitigated. Okay, that's what the the guideline is. So, and and you've you've said you've indicated. Like your neighbors was mm-hmm. so high like that. What other numbers have you seen? The highest that's I've out seen of is one fifty, which yeah. is astronomically high. Yeah. What? Yeah. what? Yeah. And I was in a vacant home on the lake. Amazing. So there's no rhyme, like you said, no rhyme or reason. It's not you're close to the lake. You're not on on rock. You're not. You're in sand. You're in quicksand. You're so good. The only thing that it, oh, and with our home that we ha- built in Pennsylvania is they said that because we just disturbed all that dirt, probably gave it a, a route to right. get up into the home. Wow. So even new construction, people think that oh, it's a brand new home. Can't be me. Right. Absolutely can be. And they're moving rock and blowing things mm-hmm. up and doing all this thing because that's what we have here is rock yeah. very little dirt very little <laughs> if you want to call it dirt i, I don't know uh, in florida we have a different kind of dirt but uh this isn't dirt to me but clay maybe right. yeah. i guess yeah. <laughs> but it just makes things more difficult but you come in you say okay we, we we've got some high numbers are concerning then at that point what would you do at that point i would recommend them having a mitigation company come out okay so you wouldn't do that no. you would yeah. somebody specializes yes. in that there's companies that just do what kind of cost do they look effort to have that done ours in pennsylvania was i think it was like sixteen hundred dollars wow my neighbor just had theirs done was a little over two thousand so what does it do i mean you can't dig into the ground and suck it out of the ground i mean yeah they do they actually would drill a hole well here if there's no basement yeah they dig a hole in the dirt 
Okay. And they put there's a fan on the pipe, and it draws all that air out of the air and out of your roof. That's crazy. It is. It's and I I was very skeptical mm-hmm. even in our our home that we had. And I could not believe it went to zero. So if you had a situation where you had the radon test and, and they had it mitigated, and do they recommend coming back? I mean, they have to come back and check it just yes. to make sure at like a certain period of time, months, year, yeah, whatever. You should have it every two years should be retested okay. at, at minimum. Um, the radon has like a little gauge on it. The fan, it'll tell you if it's running. As long as that fan's running, okay. it's drawing the air So out. that would stay there. It's constantly running, yes. Okay, so it, once you have this done, that, that unit stays yep. at your property, yep. and then they'll just keep monitoring. Now, is it sent to a electronically, you know, through the web no, it's <laughs> to all, them, or you just monitor it no, and check all, your numbers? Yeah, it's just an analog okay. little dial. Wow, that's... But so, it, is, it is dangerous. It's the yeah. second leading cause of lung cancer in the United States. Well, there you go. I mean, there's, there's your reason for having that done. When you're doing the, the home inspection, and we've, we've talked about the outside. Once we go inside, let's say an older home, you, you're going to walk through the, f- the front door. What are some of the first things you're going to do? I usually start with anything that has to run. I'll go to the kitchen first, dishwashers, let them all run, washing machines, anything that's going to okay. need to warm up or go because the dishwasher could not leak while you're running it. When it's done, you could see the leaks. Wow. So you want to be in the home, get all that stuff running before. So when you're done, you can go back and double check and make sure there's no mm-hmm. leaks after. Okay. So and that that's pretty important because some of these homes, I mean, they come with appliances, sometimes with or without a refrigerator, but they usually have the stove, a microwave, dishwasher kind of situation. And uh, you want to make sure that even though they, they look good and they cleaned them up, mm-hmm. there's still going to be problems uh, inside. Absolutely. And then yes. you would indicate that in your report, whether it needs to be repaired or replaced. That's, yep. That's yeah. exactly correct. Okay, so I mean that's good to know because you know that gets pretty expensive when you're yes. going into a home and they have to buy all all new appliances, which some people do anyway. But yeah, and that's what you know really with the home inspection for that is it sets your expectations for what your repair cost could be. Yeah, and it gives them the opportunity to negotiate to get that money mm-hmm. back before. Mm-hmm. Okay, also. so what would be your next step? Uh, after that, it's you go room to room. Every you concentrate in each room, find out depending on what room you're in. Like a living room, obviously you're not going to have water. Yeah. You know, you're not looking for faucets and things like yeah. that. So you just room to room, you check from floor to ceiling for stains, water stains from mm-hmm. the second floor coming down, electrical outlets for make sure they're not reversed and or working. What so kind of have, crazy electrical uh, things have you seen? Oh boy. <laughs> It'll surprise everybody. <laughs> yeah. It just yet, yesterday I had a <laughs> condo that had an open line underneath the sink for what reason? And I knew it was the garbage they had a garbage disposal okay. and eliminated it, but they didn't shut that electric off. They had a hot wire underneath yeah, so there. when I it was it was not hot when I tested it, but when I looked up and seen a switch, you flipped the switch and that line was hot. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that's wild but people don't know i mean they just don't but i think electric plumbing and electrical has to be some of the top things that yes. we we want to focus on yeah plumbing it probably i mean electrical obviously you don't want to have any fires or anything but your plumbing a lot of people are more worried about their plumbing for leaks because it can cause more mm-hmm. damage mm-hmm. a fire is going to cause a lot more damage Absolutely. too but it seems to be more people are worried about so let me ask you this: when it when it comes to city waste going out, you have it goes into you know the the sewer kind of situation, versus a septic tank. I know there's a lot more issues with septic tanks. What are some of the things that you would see as a red flag if they're on septic? Most most home inspectors do not touch septic oh. systems because 
it's you need special tools and it's way out of the realm of what an average inspector would look right. for. If I have a septic on a property, I tell them up front before we even start, you need to have this inspected. Have the septic company come out because yeah. they're going to have to find where, wherever the opening is. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how they do that, but then they'll go in, they, they have trucks that'll come and clean that out yeah. for you too. And I usually do, I'll find their opening for them. Oh. So at least they have an idea. You're so nice. Where, where the... <laughs> Where are the guys going to come with the, the tube? <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, because there's more involved with that. That's yeah, not absolutely. Just a, a visual inspection. You can't see that tank underground. You don't know what's going on right, with it. Right, right. So as you're moving room to room in the bathrooms and things of that nature, you're you're testing the faucets, I would imagine, looking underneath, see so if we have leaks and, yep. you know, staining on the uh, on the ground that, that's in there. Because yep. a lot of times, they, they, those things will rot out pretty, because it's just pressed wood, I would, you know, it's nothing. It so it's just going to, you know, fall apart yep. after a while. So would you, if you saw something like that, would you say, well, that's going to have to be replaced because it's... I would call out any staining, any staining that's there. Okay. But then I would test it. Mm-hmm. And take a picture with the moisture meter there, showing it's dry. Oh, okay. Then the homeowner, you know, you feel better knowing that yeah, it was stained. Okay. How many? Most homes have some type of staining under their kitchen sink, yeah. or bathroom sink. There yeah. may have been a drip, water overflowing, kids splashing water. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that's compressed wood. It's not a solid piece of wood yeah. underneath. Yeah, there. yeah. It's going to stain pretty quick. You'd think these these cabinet makers would make that like some kind of a plastic or heavy you yeah. know pan that's not going to rot on you like that. I've but. seen homes that have a seal under it. Our new home in Hendersonville has it. Every cabinet there yeah. where there's water, they have this like plastic. It's not. It's like a like a pan, like a saran wrap. Oh yeah, type. Okay, under it, so I could peel it up if I wanted to, and it's brand new cabinet. Amazing. See all these tips you're learning, folks? You got, <laughs> got to do this. Boy, there was something I wanted to, to cue on. So, oh, mold. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a, a, a big situation. What would cue you if you're walking through the house and what would cue you say, there might be mold right there? Any bathroom, I'm always on higher alert because there's moisture. Love, yeah. you know, you're going to see it right away. That's A lot of people, it's expensive to have mold testing done and it's because the la- it has to be sent to labs. They have to analyze it, send it back. So a lot of people tend to not go with the mold, mm-hmm. but if I I'm in the home and I see it, I'll reach out to them and say, hey, we might want to test this. I know it's a little expensive, but mm-hmm. you might want to know what the extent of this is. Right. Anybody but you found would, it and it's up to them to decide if they're yes. going to move forward with it. And at but, that point, you just pointed out your mm-hmm. the inspection as you would. What are some of the effects that the mold can have on people? Asthma. Anybody with asthma, you mm-hmm. do not want mold in your home because yeah. it's going to get in your ventilation systems. And that's why the crawl space is important. Yeah. I see it in every crawl space. It's just a matter of how bad. You now, know, is mold mold, or is there different types of mold you should be more aware of? There's a bunch of different molds, <laughs> and they're all different. They yeah. all have different effects. Some people try to do it themselves. They say, well, I'll just spray it with bleach. Yeah. You know, do, do that, kind of yeah. try to kill it. But No. Yeah. It's surface mold, you can probably do that and see if it comes back. But mold that's in your crawl spaces and in the walls, that needs to be examined. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you've had like a, you know, kind of major leak where, you know, you had standing water in your house. I mean, all that drywall is probably going to have to be replaced. Right. You know, we had a situation when we were selling our house in Florida and we got a call uh, we'd been gone for about a, a year, I guess, up here, got a call and they said, hey, um, you got water, you got a flood coming out of your driveway. And I went, what? 
So apparently what had happened is the, the, the water supply valve from the, the, the pool toilet to the wall, the little thing had cracked and it was just shooting water up for days. And it just, you know, come at us. So we had to replace 90 feet of drywall. It was mostly tile, but I had to re-carpet re- three rooms and there was a staircase going up to had to replace the... So the, the lady who was buying the house said, as long as it's back to normal, I'll, I'll stay with the contract. So she got all new carpet, new walls and whatever else it was, but... See ya. <laughs> yeah. Done with that. <laughs> the longer the water sits, the worse. And that's one of the things Problem. that I did. So if you ever had that situation, they have those uh, catastrophe folks that'll come in and dry you out straight away. Don't wait. Do it immediately and get the fans blowing and get things you know drying up as fast mm-hmm. as possible. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so as you're inside the house, I guess you're going to make your way to the attic at some point. Correct. The attic is my last stop before I hit all the outside stuff because you're not very clean once you leave that attic. <laughs> Especially if there was a fire. Yeah. Now, there are some situations, I guess, especially in new home builds, or if you're coming into a new home inspection, that a lot of these, uh, the builders are skimping on the in- insulation. So there's a certain level that they have to maintain throughout the, the house, and that's not going to happen. You're, you're probably going to find a, a, an error at some point. Yes. And they, they do, they put a, a measure in there. Yeah. So it's shows where they need to go to but that doesn't mean that it was done everywhere right you know if they i've seen a lot of homes that, with that that have plywood that they use to walk on while they're doing everything up there yeah. and they don't take the plywood out so they're spraying it on top of it so it's not touching yeah. any of your ceilings below wow so that's just error yeah that's yeah it looks point. like it <laughs> correct amount of insulation but well i mean it, there's so much to learn i'm telling you this 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 whole process is like bam <laughs> but you know we're talking with uh, gary fisher now he's He's a licensed home inspector here in Hendersonville and the owner of For You Home Inspection. So you can reach him at foryouhomeinspection.net. This is a number. People want to write this down. So 615-935-2252 and get a hold of Gary. And uh, look, he'll be glad to answer any questions for you about radon with mold, any of those things you might have and get him out there to inspect that home. It's uh, it's going to be the the great thing to do. So Gary, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, that's going to wrap up this segment of Sumner County Spotlight. We'll be back next week right here at 10 o'clock. Uh, sponsored by our friends at F&M Bank right here at 221 Indy Lake Boulevard. So we'll catch you next week. That's going to wrap it up. This is Jeff Shannon saying so long.